ادب نمبر آٹھ اگر سالے کسی مرضی سے ذکر سے پیچھے رہ جائیں تو وہ اپنے آپ کو سب بھائیوں کے سامنے ملامت کریں اس ادب میں حضرت سفیان سوری رمتائے اپنے ہم اثروں پر سبقت لے گئے تھے ادب نمبر ایٹ اف اے سالک ٹریولر آن دا پیتھ اینڈ سیکر آف دا پلیجر آف اللہ پنو تعالیٰ از ایبسینٹ فرام اینی گیدرنگ آف ذکر دا ریمبرنس آف اللہ پنو تعالیٰ دین ان فرنٹ آف آل آف ہز بریدرن اینڈ فیلو سیکرس آن دا پیتھ ہی شوڈ ریپرمینڈ ہم سیلف سینسر ہم سیلف اینڈ ایکسیپٹ ہز بلیم ان دس پرٹیکولر ادب سیدنا سفیان سوری رحم اللہ was the f- greatest amongst his contemporaries in observing this other. If there is a Madrasa Zikr, a gathering of Zikr, and somebody is unable to attend First level, if somebody is unable to attend due to no genuine reason, just they were lazy, they decided to stay at home that night, they decided to get some extra sleep that night, and decided to hang out with their friends instead, they decided to do something futile or pointless instead. Then, for example, if they engaged in love or something, futile entertainment, instead of attending the Madrasizakar or beyond then that means that actually from the perspective of Sharia, although they are not blameworthy, but from the perspective of Saluk, they are blameworthy. Right? You can imagine if there is a small number of students in a graduate seminar, and if one of them doesn't show up, then it's not shut on the farad for him to show up, but it harms the functioning of a seminar. Here, uh, this is actually a type of punishment, if you will, for Ghair Hazri. So every system of training in the world has its own way of attendance, its own way of reprimanding those who fail to attend. So in earlier times, this was one way that, and you're going to do this tomorrow, Sayyidina Suleiman and Hudhud, and our Malana Fayyazuddin used to like this example also, that Sayyidina Suleiman is going to take Hazri, You're going to see it tomorrow in Qur'an. And Jogheer Hazra Uttayuski Sat Kya Uttay. You're going to see that tomorrow in Qur'an. That the person who is Gheer Hazra from the Majlis. So it means he should feel that he is Kabul-e Saza. Right? He should feel embarrassed about what he did. This Mulamat, there used to actually be a whole Sussula called the Mulamatiya. And they used to very much blame themselves, reprimand themselves. But this is viewed by both the ulama and awliya to have gone too far, israf, to have gone to an extreme. But yes, sometimes, especially in perhaps more early or traditional societies, even in earlier Desi culture, this was something that people would do. They would publicly reprimand themselves or publicly censor themselves if they had committed a sin. You can trace something similar like this back to the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah two three incidents of Sahaba Ikram who, let's say, made a mistake 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed or Sayyidina Rasulullah decreed, nor they themselves chose to publicly remind themselves, such as for example Sayyidina Abu Lubaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who remained attached to that pillar and said on his own that he would, this wasn't a punishment that Allah ta'ala sent or the false some sent. He said that on my own I will remain attached to this pillar until Allah ta'ala puts it in the heart of Nabi Karim sallallahu to inform that I have been forgiven. So this was his own amal. And there have also been some sahaba, and I can't remember the name, but one sahaba who when they were unable to participate in a particular jihad, then Allah subhanahu wa decreed and we did it in the story in Quran. It's not mentioned in Quran, but we did the story that the Quran refers to it, that he was boycotted and nobody talked to him. And he remained in that state of social boycott, public censure, until finally then his tawbah was accepted and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the acceptance of that tawbah on the heart of Sayyidina Rasulullah and then Sayyidina Rasulullah then told the sahaba that they could talk to that person. So this is part of our deen. This is there in the time of Nabi Karim and there in the time of the sahaba. Second possibility is that no person missed a Mujahs Zikr due to a legitimate reason some pressing needs, some pressing urgency, some exam, something like that. So in that case, and that would not be something that was worthy of censure or reprimand. Adma number no. Sayyid Ahmad Rifai Ramadulai Farmatite Kinjish Shaksne Apne Nafski Tarf Dari Karke Behski Uhalakwa. Adab number nine said Ahmad Rifai Ramadulai you said that that person who advocates their own cause and their own position and particularly defends something that they did do to their nafs and engages in argument and disputation on their own behalf, such a person will become halak, such a person will become spiritually devastated, their heart will become spiritually empty. So there's two meanings here. Nafs can mean nafs and nafs can mean nafs. Nafs can mean your carnal ego, carnal self and ego and desires. And nafs can even mean just your own self. So first meaning nafs ki dari would mean that if they did something due to the overwhelming passions or being overcome by the passions of their nafs, but then they tried to defend themselves. And even they engage in bath, they even argue and dispute someone in order to defend themselves. And what could I do? I had no choice. I was in this particular society. Or I was alone and my parents didn't let me get married. So they rationalize it even just to their own self. Sometimes what happens is your conscience speaks out, right? And then you defend your nafs to your own conscience. That it's okay, it's not such a big sin, it's not your fault, what can you do? Your parents aren't letting you get married. You study in a co-ed. And then what happens is then you lose the ashas in adamat. You lose the feeling of remorse and regret over that sin. And whenever a person loses the shame over sin or remorse over sin, then they become halak. So this is particular in the sin of the gaze. But it's also true for any type of sin that a person should never offer themselves excuses. right? Should never defend themselves. Another meaning of this, however, is nafs means their own self. Tarafdari means that if they ever defend themselves in, against uh, in any argument or disputation with someone. 
Now what does this mean? This is not talking about somebody trying to seize your property or some legal case. It's talking about personal arguments with people. Personal argument. And then to defend oneself at no end in a personal argument, that is also something that will spiritually defend someone. Again, this can happen literally, verbally, or it can happen inside a person's mind. So, for example, if there's a personal argument they have with someone, some, like they say, something, so in their mind, they start rationalizing their actions, they defend themselves, they say a thousand jawabs to their fellow seeker or seekeress, as the case may be, right? In their mind, there's a great debate that takes place, which they win, right? So that's one way, or they actually say it verbally, right? And they say, no, no, I was right. No, it wasn't like this, it was like that. No, it's not like the way she was saying. It's like what I was saying. I'm correct. I'm true. They don't understand. They're wrong. I'm right. And whether they continue on this verbally or they think like that in their mind, this is something that is going to destroy their heart. So again, remember this specifically now. Pure bayoke adab means adab between fellow seekers. So it means if two murids of the same sheikh get into an argument or personal dispute with one another. And instead of, okay, after the heat of that moment, immediately letting go and pulling back and doing salah and in their heart, forgiving and forgetting like we mentioned yesterday, if instead of that they do this, right, which means they argue their own cause, they advocate their own cause, they insist they're on the right, they're stubborn, and they do that again verbally, and they do it in their mind, then they will never be able to forgive and then never be able to forget. So to be overly insistent that one was uniquely correct on a petty and small matter is something that then becomes spiritually devastating. right? Because what's going to happen then is the person in their heart will end up having bughs and ghil and will have ill will and malice, spite and hatred for that fellow murid or murida. And then what will happen, third way, is that Shaykh Kisamni Apni Tarifdarabyan Karna, which means that in front of the Shaykh to insist to make sure you want to tell the Shaykh your side of the story, to get worried that Agar Ugar Udr se SMS Pere Achukai Majili se apni story meanku peshkarna. Shaiz falani email kyoho to mezrur ajrat apni bi email ko. Hm? Yes? And then even someone may even say, Me Shaykh ko batangi. اب جب وہ سنتے ہیں تو وہ جلدی جا کر خود بتانے کی کوشش کرتے ہیں اور ایسے لگتے ہیں کہ شاید کوئی آپ کو ایسے بات لکھے تو میں نے سوچے میں پہلے اس کی وضاحت خود کرنا اللہ اکبر عجیب قوم ہے سم ڈسپیوٹ ول ہیپن اینڈ ون آف دیم ول سی اسٹارٹ Each one, they're like lawyers in a courtroom. So instead of making Shaykh their spiritual teacher, they make Shaykh the judge, and they're coming to him in their people's court, and each one wants to advocate the side of one another. And they don't relent, and they absolutely refuse to see things from the other side, from the other perspective. There's no admission of guilt, but there's their side. And if they're still not happy, maybe they'll go up to the Grand Shaykh. Yes, they'll go and SMS the Shaykh of the Shaykh, their side of the story, because they're convinced in their mind that what really happened, uh, those facts have to come out. 
and they are the unique possessor of the real facts and they have a unique understanding of the facts on the ground so they have to do their tarafdari so when a person gets caught in things like that especially amongst their own fellow murid and muridas then they will get spiritually destroyed and yes maybe it becomes an all out battle where outwardly there may appear to be a victor and they may appear to be a loser but the reality is the one who always emerges as the apparent victor is always the spiritual loser always and you never want to be the victor of an argument if that it comes at your a loss of your own spirituality right what argument is there in this world that is worth winning there is one thing that we want to be victorious on and that is the exam on the day of judgment there is no worldly matter worldly dispute worldly rivalry that is so important that we have to win it at all expense and at all cost so it means that the person is just overwhelmed overwhelmed by their own nafs actually what our own mashayikh have taught us our own hazri has taught us that chote bande mein fayda hota hai and sometimes hazri also when he sees once in one case he openly told me that dekhe fala ko hum kabhi thande nahi kar sakte jab tak unko mehsoos na kare ki wo jeet gaye the only way we can calm x down is for x to think that she has won so we should give everything to x so x thinks she has won and then she will calm down right and this is also something the mashaikh can do because the mashaikh ultimately want that when they see the evil right and many times murids wonder this then why doesn't sheikh just stamp it out right sheikh must see the nafs in that person why doesn't he just step on that person's nafs with their foot and maslahalo jaga it doesn't work like that because sometimes if sheikh puts his boot on the person's nafs the person's heart might also fall under it <laughs> so sheikh has to tread carefully it's not as easy as you think to stamp out the palms on somebody's nafs second thing is that especially when those who are involved in khidmat of deen sheikh is looking primarily at that's more important especially in our sunnah imam rabani mujallisana tadai has put so much emphasis on this in the maktubat that the khidmat of deen is more important than even zati zikr khidmat of deen ihya din tajdeed din is more important than a person's own personal halat in kafiyat so sometimes for the sake of making sure that the maximum khidmat of deen takes place sometimes the sheikh does ignore some of the personality quirks in someone sometimes the sheikh will then do sula in such a way that one party will be told you should just pull back sheikh will see which party is actually spiritually more mature and the one who is spiritually more mature will be told that you should just withdraw from this dispute and argumentation and it is better for you to be humble and whoever humbles themselves and Allah Ta'ala gives them a lot If the sheikh tells you that then you should be happy. And if the sheikh takes your side, don't be fooled in thinking that you've convinced the sheikh. It may often happen because the sheikh thinks that you're spiritually weak and that the only way to keep you going is to apparently outwardly take your side so that your nafs calms down. The nafs is screaming makes the person scream because the person thinks nobody's taking my side 
the, everybody's taking the other side. So sometimes the only way to quiet the nafs inside that person is to outwardly apparently take their side. Then their nafs subsides. Then they resume their khidmat of deen. Then you get them to resume their zikr. And then you hope that over time everything will be okay. And many times, alhamdulillah, due to the barakah of the du'as of the mashayikh, everything does become okay over time. In fact, the only way things will not become over time is if a person continues to violate this adab and repeatedly does nafs ki taraf dari. Repeatedly pushes their case, pushes their agenda, advocates their cause, defends themselves. If they cannot let go of this, right, uh, then the problems will resurface and continue. And ultimately then what will happen, that a person will become halak, a person's spiritual condition will be destroyed. And then themselves will say, that I feel empty, outwardly, outwardly I'm doing khidmat of deen, outwardly people respect me, outwardly people listen to me, outwardly people attend, but inside I'm empty. And the reason they're empty is because I say it's spiritually damaging to engage in so much disputation, argumentation, ill will, ill feelings, bad feelings, scolding, apologizing, scolding, fighting, making up, again fighting, making up, smiling outside, boiling inside, so that boiling on the inside is spiritually harmful. It ends up hurting a person's spirituality. And again, nothing and no, nothing is worth that. There's no turf war. There's nothing that is worth leaving these adab and hurting oneself spiritually. Adab number 10. Salik par haq hai ke wo tohmat wale mawaqe se aur na shaista kamo ke irtikab se dur rahe. Adam number 10, it befits the traveler on the path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that those opportunities and places of in which are scandalous and which would smear and harm his or her reputation or the reputation of the sasla or things that are nashaista, things that are inappropriate to a salik, all such places and all such gatherings and all such acts and all such actions the salik, the seeker on this path, the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the path, should remain far away from such things. So, what does it mean here? Obviously, staying away from haram and makru, that is already done. Staying away from mushtab is already also done. Then there are certain places, or certain actions, or certain opportunities that would not befit the seeker on this path. Right? And again, Sometimes a person may not be sure what that is, right? Uh, what would be an example for you? Again, it's not fatwa, but is an example for you to perhaps understand. So let's say you're a new sonic. And there's two cricket teams playing in the Lums cricket ground. And you go there to root for your team. And there are also other rowdy, there are rowdy boys there. There are a handful of girls there. And you are standing on the sidelines in your jubba and your imama, mashallah, and rooting for your team. So this is inappropriate for the salik. And any random onlooker would even say that there is one piece in this picture that doesn't seem to belong. But sometimes the salik, new salik feels that no one shouldn't go to extreme and one should still 
or one initially goes with the niyat of okay, I'll keep my friends happy, or goes with the niyat of dawah, but when they show up at this walk-in, this little mokka, when they show up at this event, it's beyond their control. You cannot control the decorum of events. So basically, it's better to abstain from those places and gatherings and opportunities and actions, the decorum of, of which you have no control over. You cannot control this propriety. At any moment, it could go and be extreme. Some of us even were the, of the opinion that we shouldn't even in restaurants, right? And other salakin feel that two, three, four of them can eat in a restaurant. Again, it may depend on the decorum of the restaurant. So Khuram would know that some of our colleagues and us were different in that way and, and don't go to those restaurants. Uh, but others feel it's okay. And sometimes you get stuck because of family in these things. I remember a horrific experience we had in PC Bourbon. It's the last place on earth I wanted to set foot in. Absolutely wild place. And all types of people milling around. But then they, it's, they think it's like some, you know. And the people who forced me to go could tell on my face that I was extremely unhappy and displeased about being there. So alhamdulillah, finally we were able to get out of that place. And then they apologized profusely afterwards. And they even accepted this is not an appropriate place for us to be at, right? So sometimes you may not control it. Sometimes you may do something for family. If you find yourself in a situation, then you should pull out. Try to pull out as soon as you can. If sometimes you make a mistake or error in judgment, right? And again, what I'm saying right now is a bit more of a strong adab. It's a bit more higher level type of adab. But yes, it harms a person's spirituality when we are in the gatherings of ghaflat, right? Yes, if you have to be there and then a biyakrim says something in hadith that that person who remains zakir in a gathering of ghaflat, Allah SWT sends his special mercy and madad and nusrat on that person. But to the extent of our best ability, we want to try to stay away from those gatherings of ghaflat. But then again, for many of us, even our homes, our own homes where we live, are like that because parents may have a television, parents and relatives and uncles come over and all are watching the television. You are expected, i.e. pretty much forced to sit there. So avoid it as much as you... If you avoid the ones that are in your ability to avoid, Allah Ta'ala will protect you from the damage that could take place when you are stuck in the ones that you really can't avoid. But if you indulge yourself outside, indulge yourself in additional things, then you can lose the protection that Allah Ta'ala gives you when you are in those places that you can't avoid. You understand? If you indulge in things extraneous outside, then you'll be harmed by when your parents put the TV on. But if you safeguard yourself to the best of your ability, then when this one or two inescapable situations take place, that your parents put the TV on, then you will be less harmed from that. Alright? So the salik, the seeker on the path, is basically watchful over the nur that they get in their kalb from their zikr. And they're protecting it. They're always walking around. It's not just that story. They're always walking around with a bowl of milk and they don't want any single drop of it to be spilt. Right? So they don't want to put themselves in any place that endangers them or isn't appropriate to them. Right? If one's family wants to eat, so Hazrat used to say that, okay, that if there's some item that you can't make at home. Leg piece, right? Huh? 
So, instead of going to the restaurant to eat it, then you should order it and you should eat it at home or take it at home and eat it at home because again you control the decorum and the propriety and the manner and your rang or mahal ghar ka aapke ikhtiyar mein hai restaurant or hotel ka rang or mahal aapke ikhtiyar mein hai nahi and even if you look in and everything seems fine 10 minutes later an extremely rowdy group can decide to come and just sit in the table right next to you and what will you do you can tell him to turn the music on and he'll turn it off 10 minutes later some other group of 10 people will come and make him turn it on you won't, you won't be able to control it right it's very difficult to control it so it's unfortunate you know uh living in you know maybe some of you will open up shreya compliant restaurants <laughs> huh so that people can go like in saudi arabia they have proper matlab zero music and fully segregated family restaurants so then people go and they enjoy and if you open it you get a lot of business you'll also get a couple of negative reviews in the daily times and friday times and once you get that reviewed then you know you've made it <laughs> you know that you've actually got enough customer base that unko chhed aa gaya kabhi unke aap se chhed aana ye bhi aapki kabooliyat ki daleel hoti hai so to be careful right and it could also have meant it could also that adab could also mean things that are makruh and things that are haram don't put yourself in a place where things are taking place that are outright against the sharia and it's literally haram for you to be there i think enough years have passed and i can mention the story without people remembering who it is when my very first year at lums one who's not a salik at least not under me I don't know he may have technically perhaps in his life came to me and he insisted that going to what is it, the senior batch party farewell farewell party was okay and he showed up mashallah wearing an imama for the first time in his life I saw him wearing imama and I asked him oh mashallah and he also bichara was so sweet he didn't even realize what was going what I was going to do I mean he didn't realize my temperament so he told me that yes he's wearing imama cuz he's going to the farewell party Allahu akbar I gave him nakad and udhar dant <laughs> right there and then I scolded him and several times later I scolded him but later on he himself once came to me and acknowledged that I was mistaken and I was wrong right uh because that's not an appropriate place to go right you don't want to be hadi nabil sir aapka bhi hone wala hai na uh aap nahi ja sakte take <laughs> alhamdulillah and then what what after learning this experience in our first year then for one or two years i think just once once or maybe twice me and my wife had her own matlab i would leave but they'd have their own farewell party for the women so that the girls wouldn't feel sad that they're missing out on uh whatever it is farewell night or goodbye night right Uh, it means one should not put themselves in places that are inappropriate to whatever especially when it is in your ability inappropriate or outright unlawful as some of these examples actually were not just merely inappropriate but outright haram because it will affect your spirituality you're living in the gulf some of your colleagues and buddies want to take you to a place that you know you shouldn't be at right you know it's not best for you to be there So yes sometimes deen will come at the expense of your social life i have no qualms about that 
sometimes progress, progress in deen, sometimes istikamat on deen, sometimes tarakki and saluk will come at the expense of social life and recreation. So be it. Until unless you can have the time to create some halal and harmless right, social, rec- social life and recreation. And as a person grows older, whether they older means they become more spiritually mature in saluk, or even literally grow older in age, you will feel less attached to these trivial gatherings and trivial places and you will be more watchful over the nur that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in your account. And this is the example that we have been repeated many times that as Sahib mentioned last year, around almost one year ago in Zambia, that whenever, and I'll just expand it a bit, that whenever you do anything in deen, you get a nur. Whenever you do an amal, an ibadah, a zikr, seek ilm, anything that you do for the sake of Allah subhanahu you get a nur. But the mistake we make is we don't do hifazat of that nur. So these adab are one thing that enables a person to do better and more lasting hifaza of the nur that they get due to the amal and mamulat they do while being a salik on this path. May Allah subhanahu give each and every one of us ability to follow each and every one of these adab, to humble ourselves before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before Nabiya Kareem sallallahu to humble ourselves before the Sahaba, Tabin, Tabai Tabin, all of our mashayikhs and dikin salihin, and to humble ourselves before one another. That's the asl being mentioned here, to humble ourselves before our fellow seeker. And if we can learn to do that, then man tawadha alallahi rafa'ullah that Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the the person who humbles himself before Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala rafa'ullah Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala raises them and whether Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala raises them in darajat in the law whether the people on earth see that or not is irrespective both ways could happen but either way Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will raise that person up and that is really what Suluk wants that a person should humble themselves so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love and mercy overwhelms them. May Allah ta'ala give us to fake to do amal wa akhirat da'wana. And alhamdulillah, hidam bin alameen.